All right, there's a three-letter acronym that you need to know because it's like going all crazy on the internet. It's called RTO, okay? It's being used, and there's a ton of people who say that they have a new reason not to RTO, return to the office, to Google, because they are so upset. They are so very upset at what Google did to them. I saw a picture of a woman on Twitter, and she was crying. She had tears coming out of her eyes, and she said, I used to love working for Google, but I can't anymore. I'm just so upset because Google's changing things. And they're telling Google left and right that it's just not okay with them. It's not fair. How could Google think that this was even a five on the okay scale? Yes, it's sad for me to report that Google is changing. And when they all go back to the office, oh, it hurts me to even say this, that those fancy Japanese Toto toilets, no, they no. will be gone. That's right. At Google, just standard toilet seats from now on. Tough times for sure. <laughs> it is. It's awful. She was actually crying. I'm so upset. Yes, the Japanese Toto toilets oh, will be gone. But here's a Jeopardy question for you. Uh, the inventor of the modern flush toilet. Come on. You know you know trivia, Matt. What is this? Is, is it Thomas Crapper? <laughs> no. Oh. Who is Sir John Harrington? Oh. That's right. And he's remembered for two reasons. Number one <laughs> and number two. And you see, ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls, just an example of all the fun that we have here week after week as we talk about everything digital here on the podcast, Tech Refresh. It's your weekly fun podcast, of course, about all things digital. And joining us this week, we have our amazing Allie Seligman, our content queen and our crypto gal. Allie, what's coming up from you today? I have some info on the latest Facebook Messenger hack and a crazy crypto story involving $52 million in stolen money. Hmm. That's a lot of money. It is. How about our magnificent millennial Matthew Heffel? Well, we will be talking a little bit about how Apple is trying to compete with Google on the Maps front, as well as something that everybody else in the entire world is talking about, which we'll get into in a bit. Hmm. <laughs> what could that be? Does it have something to do with a statue, maybe? Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. A, a small a one. A tiny small one. Right. <laughs> so let's get Tech Refresh started with some important tech developments, some tech news. And uh, speaking of, you know, let me ask you a question. Did Will Smith actually make a ball joke about alopecia on the Arsenio Hall show so many years ago? That's right. There's an old clip of Will Smith making a ball joke. It resurfaced after the actor, of course, hit Chris Rock making a ball joke at the Oscars. So uh, is that true or false? It's actually false. Fake news that's spreading. Mm. Uh, here, let me give you another one. Uh, did the Biden administration stage a White House photo with a whole bunch of fake trees in the background? Hmm, that's right. The rumors that a picture of U.S. President Joe Biden standing in front of the White House had been staged in some manner. Uh, speaking of fake news, so many people believe that they can spot fake news online. But a new report says that we're not good at identifying misinformation as we think. I mean, this is really scary to me. An Ofcom study shows that only one in four adults are able to correctly identify fake news and misinformation. Okay, that's bad, right? 25% of people? Okay, but this is the one that's really frightening to me. Think about 100 people you see in a room, right? Six out of every 100 people, 6%, say they believe Every single thing that they see on the internet oh, to be true. No. <laughs> that's scary. Okay, that's my Uncle Stevie. Okay, yes. He's right there. He's one of those people. <laughs> Think about that. Six percent. 
believe every single thing to be true that they see online. Okay. So here's the deal. You want to make sure that you check your sources. Uh, You know, take a step back before you actually say that I'm going to share this. I'm going to talk about it because it may not be true. And let me tell you, you know, with Russia and Ukraine, there's a lot of fake news going around. And especially there's been a trend about the Canadian prime minister lately. And some of it is Trudeau. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) All right, Matt, you're going to tell us about maps. Yes. Apple Maps has long been trying to compete with Google Maps. They have been kind of going back and forth, doing what they can to try to come up with a way to have the similar kind of technology that uh, Google Maps does. Well, Google Maps has that ability to be able to drop a little pin anywhere in the world, even if it's in the middle of the forest and see anything. Well, Apple Maps has been behind them on that front for a long time. In the last few years, they have actually developed a backpack that is worn by individuals, and they're able to go to parks or trails or even inside airports and be able to map out those for walking paths. So while before... They weren't really doing this in a lot of other places. They have begun to try to pull it out. It started in California about three and a half years ago, and now it's being rolled out in Canada, on the East Coast, and in Australia and the UK. It's not just for anybody. They have made it very apparent that you can't just go on the website and they'll ship you a backpack because these backpacks have some amazing technology in them. They have multiple dozen cameras on them that have 3D-degree scopes, as well as LiDAR, So these backpacks are worth about $10,000. But you do have to apply online at their website, and they will do a vetting process to see if you're able to. Oh, I want to do this. I know you can, but it's not just like Uber for carrying a backpack for Google. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be so fun, though, to be part of all that? You know, and then you can like, then you can like, when you look at that map and you put that little person there, you're like, that was me. It's there because of that. That's me. You know, there should be like little Easter eggs that people put in, like if they're carrying a backpack. Yeah, that's a really (laughs) good idea. (laughs) Like like little geolocation things that you could say, yeah, like that was like, you know, I put that can of. Diet Coke there for a reason. In the corner of like this park in Grand Canyon or something. Yeah, yeah. carve something into a tree. Yeah. Like, you know, how about like you can carve into a tree or you can just hold up a sign that says commando.com. Hey, there you go. <laughs> no, you can do that on Google Maps. They do allow you to, if you, you can buy your own little sphere cameras and they allow you to upload those sphere pictures to Google Maps. And if they get verified, then they stay on the oh, on Google Maps. Cool. So oh, we can get started that. doing that. <laughs> you know, we always get questions about people wanting to blur their house on Google Maps. You know, and, and it you really, you can do that. What you do is you open Google Maps and then you go to the Street View Gallery. You look up your address and then you want to find the photo that you want to have blurred. And it has to show your face, your home, or any other identifying information. At the bottom right, there's an option that says report a problem. So then you hit submit and, of course, they're going to take their time to do it. But just one little caveat I need to tell you about is that if you ever blur your house, You can never, ever go back and say, hey, I'm really sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't mean that. All right, Allie, talk to us about Facebook. Okay. Despite how much we talk about how many people are leaving Facebook, it still has 2.9 billion active users. Um, And Kim, it seems like we are getting more calls, more emails. I'm certainly seeing more stories of people getting their Facebook accounts hacked. And it's really sad. I took a call on the show last weekend. I mean, she's a realtor, and they're posting up homes for sale. They're taking over her account, and yeah. she's contacted everybody. She's even written a letter. A handwritten letter? Yes, because <laughs> she's like, help me, help me. 
Yeah, well, one estimate I saw said 160,000 Facebook every accounts day? are active. Every, every day? day? This is it's about, every it's day. It's those this 6% people. <laughs> <laughs> Who believe everything. Well, why? Okay, because scammers can pretend to be IRS agents or tech support. But what's more effective? Pretending to be you, a real person with real friends and real family, because people will click the links mm. that you send and believe the things that you say, right? So the latest Facebook scam, it's going through Facebook Messenger. You open it up, you have a message, and it says, look what I found. And it's from someone you, you know, but you don't realize their account has most likely been compromised. So you click the link, you sign in to watch this video, and then it's all downhill from there. Yeah, it's bad. Did, did you notice the, the catch there? Did you notice what you did wrong? Signed in. <laughs> Hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. You were already in Facebook <laughs> Messenger. Why did you sign in? Well, you don't need to. You actually landed on a phishing page. And surprise, you just gave your email address and your password to the person who was trying to steal it. Another really common way uh, that these hacks happen is if you have a bad password on your email account. It's really easy. If someone has that email address, they can send the password reset and then go right into your email. Then they have access to your account. Okay. That is when we hear from people. Um, I can't get into my account, or it's clear there's something happening in my account. I got a message from a friend who said, uh, why do you keep sending me weird stuff? Yeah. Okay. So what do you do? If you're lucky, you're still able to log in, right? You can go in, you can change your password, log out every device that's on there, set up two-factor authentication. What if you can't log in? Then you start down the path, like our realtor friend, of trying to get your account back. So I reached out to Rico Danielson. He's our friend of the show. He's a digital forensics expert, a really smart guy. Enrico said, the one thing that you have to remember, only Facebook can unlock your compromised account. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there are all these companies popping up that say, hey, give us a few hundred bucks. We'll get you back into your Facebook. Okay. I mean, if you've used one of these companies and you tell me it worked, please write into the show. You can write us yes. at podcasts with an S at commando.com. I would love to hear about it. But for the most part, I would say avoid these things. They're just trying to get your money. It's probably not going to work. And in the worst case, you're giving even more of your information to somebody who wants it, right? So what do you do? There's actually a URL, facebook.com slash hacked. Yes, the problem is so bad. Wow. They have a special of URL for do. it. You go there, you report that your account has been compromised. And sadly, you can't expect this to be resolved in a couple days. Again, like our realtor friend knows, she's done all this stuff. And you're just kind of stuck in the queue because this is such a big problem. So expect to be patient. If you're lucky and your account is totally fine, okay, go do a few things to protect yourself today. One, we talk about this all the time, but make sure you have a copy of all your photos and your videos that you care about. And then you're going to want to make sure that you have a recovery email set up. That's going to make the process of getting your account back so much easier if it ever happens to you. We have all that over on the website, commander.com. Just search Facebook security and you'll see all the steps. You know, that's really interesting. Facebook.com slash hacked. I mean, it's so prevalent. It's like, just go there. You right? know, the, the realtor gal, I didn't put this on the show, because she asked me this offline. She said, you know, I found, I went to this website and they said that they could give me I, my account back for $399. Mm -hmm. And then it had this picture of a congressman saying, oh, well, I used it too. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know the website you're talking about. And Rico mentioned that one too. And he said, if you dig into this company, you'll see that they are in another country so they can yes. get around any kind of, you know, rules and laws we have here in the U.S. Don't use it. And it's just a, it was just a front for mm -hmm. a reputation defender type site. Mm. There you but go. I don't know. I don't think they can get your account back either. No. All right, so coming up, we have some insider secrets and tips that will make you sound so much smarter on Zoom calls and on parties that you don't want to miss. Later on, we have our trivia, and then Allie has a great crypto tip. Say that eight times. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, welcome back to Tech Refresh. It's your weekly fun podcast about all things digital. And just a quick reminder, hey, getthecurrent.com. That's right. It's a sponsor of Tech Refresh, and it's also our newsletter that comes out twice a week. You get exclusive links and videos and tech news you don't want to miss. And there are no ads. Yes, no ads. That's true. And so you can see the sample. You can sign up right now over at getthecurrent.com. Once again, that's getthecurrent.com. All right, let's talk about photos on your phone. How many photos do you think you have on your phone, Matt? Oh, I think I saw the other day it's like 13,000 or something like that. (laughs) It's a gratuitous amount of photos. (laughs) I'm a little bit older. I have 26,000. How about you, Al? Oh, yeah, I think I'm in the teens. Are you? Yeah. Something like that. You know, it's it's so frustrating when you want to find the one photo that you're looking for, right? And Mm -hmm. so whether you're using Apple or Google Photos app, you probably end up scrolling through pages and pages of photos, just looking for like that one shot. You're like, oh, I know it's in here somewhere. I mean, like, for example, we were in LA and and I'm building a house and I was looking for pictures of garage doors because I walked all around like Beverly Hills and Bel Air and I'm taking pictures of garage doors, which by the way, yes, there's a picture uh, that I posted on Instagram of me outside the gates of Jeff Bezos' house. (laughs) And I thought it was so funny that he had like five Amazon boxes (laughs) sitting right there. But what what I didn't say on Instagram is that, so Ian and I were walking. And so I'm like, Ian, we have to take a picture of this. This is just so funny. And so I I wasn't even on the driveway, not even on the driveway. And I was taking a picture and I heard somebody say, can I help you? (gasps) Oh, man. Okay. And I said, just taking a photo of the Amazon boxes, you know, I'm always (laughs) honest. And then all of a sudden, like, you hear like this car coming, like, <gasps> and then, you know, then we walked, we, you know, we kept going our way, like, you know, what's the big deal? Yeah. And then like, like five security guards came out, like with bullet, no yes, what? with like bulletproof vests. And I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, dude, we're just taking a picture of the Amazon <laughs> yeah. boxes. Okay. Uh, anyway, so it's a complete time waste. And suck, just trying to find that photo. So here's the deal. In your photo app, ah, oh, yes, let the angels sing. There is a search bar. That's right. And you can use it to find specific photos and videos, and you use certain keywords. Like in my case, I used gate, and all the pictures of all the gates appear. <laughs> so if you want pictures of your dog, you just type in the word dog. Um, and it's really, really very powerful. If you want pictures of your dog in 2020, you write dog 2020. Hmm. And you can search by date, holidays like Christmas, places like Paris or Disneyland or Maui. You can search by events, maybe a Lakers game or a Dua Lipa concert, Mm. which, by the way, if you have not heard that song with Elton John and Dua Lipa, Mm -hmm. it is the best. It is. (laughs) All right, Uh, Matt, let's listen. I'm already getting El- advertised for his concert that's coming here shortly. So yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's just one song, Elton John and Dua Lipa. Um, but anyway, go back to pictures. Uh, you can search by different categories like mountains and sunsets, selfies and smiles, and beaches and boats. And of course, you can also search by a person's name too. So the mm. next time you want a photo, just stop scrolling and use the search bar. Which reminds me, what's the difference between a digital camera and a sock? Anyone? Anyone? The camera takes photos, and the socks take five toes. <laughs> okay, Allie, you're going to help us with spam and scam, right? I am. Before we get into it, I want you to listen to this. Yes, this is Shirley Bates um, calling in reference to your federal student loan. Okay, legit or not, is that a person? Is that what? – what is that phone uh, call? 
I don't know. I, I think everything's a scam nowadays, so it's probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably a, a little bit of AI, right? There you go. Yes. We have all heard those calls that sound like the robotic voice calling about your student loan. But then we hear the ones that actually sound like a real person. You think, oh, am I talking to somebody? No, you're not. It's actually just way better technology. That's how good robocalls are and why we're all still falling for them. I wanted to talk about how to stop some of these, what to look out for. And so I talked with Steve Carlson. He is a senior communications manager at T-Mobile, a really smart guy who told me a lot about spam. Now, just a little disclosure, T-Mobile is a sponsor of our national radio show, but not a sponsor of this podcast. I just wanted to share some gems because I think they're worth passing along. Okay, four things from Steve that you should know. If you see that scam likely or whatever your phone calls it when you get a phone call, just don't answer. (laughs) Yes. Once you do... Then, you know, who knows what's going to happen? These people have been for months or for years in some cases honing these skills to fool you. And if you think, no, I'm not going to fall for it, I'm too smart. Well, Americans lost $30 billion to scam calls last year. So you are probably not too smart because that's so many people, right? (laughs) It's it's something like 25% of people have lost money to a phone scam. Okay. Number two, if you do answer a phone call and realize... Partway in, this is a scammer. Hang up immediately, right away. We have probably all met that person or seen a video, the person who thinks, I'm just going to toy with them. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to play with them. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Maybe a fun idea. Maybe you're going to entertain yourself. But you don't know if they are recording your voice. Right. And that is some powerful stuff. Imagine this. Someone makes a transaction on your credit card, get a call from the bank. Hey, was this you? Your bank knows your voice. They're using vocal recognition. And so when you say yes, they say, okay, it's a legit charge. But what if it's not you saying yes? It's right. just a recording of you. So hang up the phone. Don't play with scammers. It is not worth it. Number three, use the tools that your carrier provides. That is really the best way to prevent and you know block some of this spam. There's not a lot you can do once the call gets through, but anything your carrier provides, use it. T-Mobile, they have the Scam Shield app. One of the features I like, if you don't even want to get those scam likely calls, they can just block them at the network level. You'll never even see it to your phone. Let's see. That's that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. So you're not even having to deal with it. Exactly. And, you know, the the percentage-wise, it's like 99.99. It's really high. So it's it's the, the idea that you're going to miss a call that you actually want is very, very low. So I say if you're sick of those, just do it. And then number four, I love this one. Use a burner phone number. We talk about this with email all the time. Having a burner address that you use for promotions, if you have to give your email for something random, you can do it with your phone too. Um, You can use Google Voice if you have, you know, for any provider. But T-Mobile, they offer a free second phone number that you can get. And you can use that for anything you want. You're, yeah, it's a, you're funny, Matt. You're like, whoa. You that. use T-Mobile, don't I do you? Have T-Mobile. Yeah, it's called the Digits app. So if you download that, you can get a free second number, and you can use it for whatever you want. I know what I'm doing after this. There you go. <laughs> you know what? That that is really smart. I mean, seriously. I mean, because let's say you want to list something for sale online. There you go. Or, or you know, Matt. I mean, I know you have a girlfriend now, but you know, when you were dating, mm-hmm. you didn't want to give somebody out your real number. I mean, you know, there's a there's a lot of uses for, for that. sure. And so it's called the Digits app? The Digits app, yes. So if you have T-Mobile, download Scam Shield and the Digits app, and you will cool. be good to go. Sweet. All right, Matt. Talk to us about screening calls. I am going to piggyback off of what Allie was just talking about. My girlfriend uses this tool all the time, and I know you have a Google Pixel, and she uses one as well. So the Google Pixel has a built-in call screening function that I just find amazing. 
So when she gets a call from a number that she doesn't know, you can press the button that says green call, right? And that will then transcribe to whoever is on the other side, whether that be a robot or a real person. It'll say, oh, your Google, this person is using the Google call screening feature. If this is an important, please press this button. And then it will give them options for what those things are. And you can sit there live and be reading what these people are saying into the nice. phone, and then you can decide how to organize them. Um, so, for example, you can say, oh, this is an important person, or I will. you can have the voice respond with, I will call you back shortly. So the voice can not just take in calls, but it can also respond for how you want to respond. Now, this is only a feature on the Google Pixel right now. It's a Google Voice feature. Um, and if you download the Google Voice feature for an iPhone, it doesn't work the same way. But there are some other apps for the iPhone that allow you to do a very similar thing. There is one called True Screener that works very similarly to this. It has the same kind of features, and you can download that for the iPhone. Um, that's the most rated one. That's the one that if you want to try this out for an iPhone, you should probably check is, out. Is it free, or do we have to pay it for is. that? It is. The True, the True Screener app for the iPhone is free as well. There's probably some in-app purchases, like if you want to like photo, if you want to bomb the telemarketer or something. What like do you can buy like voices for it? That's what the in-app purchases are. You can buy different oh, different voices and accents and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I like that. I, I use that feature all the time. If it's oh, yeah. a number I don't recognize, I just click it, and 99% of the time, I would say they hang up because it is a scam call and they can't actually interact with the menu. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice. Cool. You know, the other day I got a phone call from a telemarketer. The guy was actually trying to sell me frankincense. And I, you know, I didn't want, I said, listen, I, I don't want to buy any. And I was about ready to hang up when he said, but wait, there's Murph. <laughs> I knew, I knew where that was going. I got oh, it. <laughs> you knew it. You knew it. All right. So now we like to play a little fun game with some computer trivia. Like, here's a question. To celebrate its 30th birthday in 2010, Google placed a playable version of what arcade game on its homepage? 2010. Oregon Trail. Pac-Man? Oh, Ellie, you oh. oh, Matt, you're like our trivia guy, and you didn't <laughs> I get know. that. I remember I, I, there was a time when they had Oregon Trail on their homepage, and I remember playing <laughs> it, so that's what I, immediately popped in my head. Okay, all right, here's another one. What is the only state that can be typed on one row of keys on a QWERTY keyboard? Anyone? Alaska? Matt? It is Alaska. It is Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> I had to think about it. I'm doing the A I'm usually so mad What a special day for me. <laughs> you know what? You want to go play the lottery. There you go. Just saying, yeah. Yeah. Today's your day, Allie. All right. <laughs> and it is your day. It's your time to uh, play a little trivia with yes, us. Yes, indeed. Okay. Most tech innovations these days feel like small improvements, right? Maybe the screen's a little bigger. You get more storage. It's a little bit lighter. But if we look back further, we've come a long way. Tech used to be heavy really, really heavy. The first laptop, uh, the Osborne One, it was released in 1981. Uh, it had no battery, by the way, and a five-inch screen. It weighed 23 pounds. Oh, <laughs> Can you imagine? You know, and that's, oh, and, you know, and I'm sitting here complaining like, oh gosh, my MacBook is like almost five pounds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh man, I still remember carrying around my college laptop and just the back aches from that thing on your, yes. your shoulder. Yes. Okay, storage was really heavy too. Now, I checked Amazon this morning, and you can get a one gigabyte flash drive for about six bucks, and it weighs 0.52 ounces. Yeah, we all, we all know what a thumb drive feels like. Yeah. But how heavy was the first hard drive to break the one gig storage barrier? Was it A, eight pounds, B, 64 pounds, C, 100 pounds, or D, 188 pounds? Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to say C, which I believe was 120. 100. 
100. 100, because I never want to go for the heaviest in this kind of situation, even though that would be the most amazing, <laughs> but I'm going to go for the oh, safe answer. Game theory, I see pounds. you. Okay. I, I'm going for 64. 64. Yes. All right, one of you is correct. And it's Kim Commando. Well Man. done, Kim. Yes. yes. Not my day. <laughs> it was the IBM 3380 direct access storage device. It had 14-inch disks. This was the first to break the one gig. It actually could hold 2.25 gigabytes if you used two different drives. Uh, guess how much it cost? And these are $1980. I, you know, it was like it was like a stupid number. $275,000. I mean, that's a good guess. It wasn't quite that expensive. <laughs> okay. Depending on which one you got, between 97 and $152,000. Man. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, that 64 was... 64 pounds. Wow, 64 pounds, carrying that thing around. <laughs> All right, I have I have one for you. Okay, this is your redeeming question. Uh-oh, no pressure. Okay, so ready. much pressure. So I, want you, I want you to, like, sit up straight. <laughs> I'm up, I'm up. Put on your thinking cap. Yep. Take a deep breath. Okay, you ready? Okay. With over 17 million produced... What was the highest-selling single model of personal computer ever? Ever. Ooh, Hold on. The music's making me nervous. Um, could it, is it the, the Mac 2? How about you, Al? Um, I knew this once. I cannot bring the answer to mind. Yeah, I'll say MacBook. I know it's not. What was it? Matt, the Commodore 64. But you said the Mac first. I know, and then I thought about it because I, I couldn't think of the word Commodore. And I was like, what is it? And I was like, just go with the one you know. You're doing the, the, the Jeopardy song. <laughs> half points? Oh, Can we give him half points for that? Yeah, we're going to give okay. you a half a point. That's yeah. all. He needs it. I, I needed it. And speaking of Matt, Matt's going to be right back telling us what the heck the internet's talking about. We have some crypto news with Allie. And then later on in this podcast, our favorite tech projects you don't want to miss here with Tech Refresh. Hey, welcome back to Tech Refresh, your weekly fun podcast about everything digital. And if you have not already, oh, come on, we're begging you. We want you to give us a great five-star review. Say some nice things about us. Wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. We actually had somebody email us saying, I'd love to give you a review, but I don't know how. Oh, click the three dots. That's right, the three dots, the more button. You'll be able to figure it out, I assure you. And while we're begging you, make sure that you sign up for The Current. Head over to getthecurrent.com. It's exclusive news links. You're going to love it. No ads. You can see a sample. You can sign up right now over at getthecurrent.com. All right, Matt, you are a millennial hanging out on TikTok because we're not. We're old. <laughs> what is happening on TikTok? On TikTok this week, they've been talking about a paint manufacturer. I'm just kidding. They're talking about Will Smith. <laughs> I mean, what, what the else? The slap word heard around the world. Yeah, the smack heard around the world is all anybody is talking about, so... A quick outline of what happened, If, in case you are literally under a rock right now. At the Oscars this past Sunday, um, Chris Rock made a joke about Will Smith's wife, and Will Smith then got up out of his seat, walked on stage, and smacked Chris Rock across the face. Now, it was debated whether or not it was a PR stunt or whatever, and it, it, it is not. It is assuredly legit. legit. Well, the Internet's reaction immediately was one of the craziest things I've ever seen on the internet. Not only within seconds of it happening was TikTok only about this. 
Twitter was only about this. And then immediately the clip went up on YouTube. And within the first 24 hours, it became the most uh, viewed YouTube clip that's not music or a trailer of all time. Whoa. So it got 60 million <laughs> views in 24 oh, hours. And I checked this morning. It's at 80 million Whoa. views. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, you know, you actually had to see the whole video. Right. I mean, because, you know, it was edited out. And then once you see the whole video and then he throws, Will Smith throws the right. F-bomb and you can see he is visibly angry at, you know, what's what happened. Then it's like, okay, you know, guy has some yeah, issues. clearly. Mm. Well, know. and the internet thought, well, you know, we'll do what the internet does best. And they immediately started making memes and funny TikToks about him. So one of my <laughs> favorite ones um, is if you've ever seen the new Aladdin where he uh, Will Smith plays the genie. Right. So there's the song Never Had a Friend Like Me and they dubbed it into him saying that. So it's um instead of you never had a friend like me, it's keep my wife's name out your m- m- mouth. <laughs> you know, and it's so crazy because you know, nobody cared about the no. Oscars. Mm. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, fifty million people would fifty three, fifty five, sixty million people would watch the Oscars on that Sunday night. Okay. I mean, I remember many years ago when we had an Oscar yeah. party at our house. I mean, like we're, we all dressed up. As a matter of fact, my mother dressed up as um, Elizabeth Aww. Taylor. <laughs> and she actually – and she looked like Elizabeth yeah. Taylor. And there was a big executive, and I'll say – I'll tell you who it was. There was a big exec at the house at the party. And, uh, and he went over to my mother and he started talking to her. And my mother <laughs> said to her, my face is up here. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I busted a laugh anyway. He's a big executive with Krispy Kreme. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Anyway, so nobody was talking about the Oscars, no. but now all of a sudden everybody's talking it's about just, the Oscars. It's just memes and videos. And I mean, everybody is debating on whether or whose side is right and whatever. But the internet is just one more meme that I wanted to share that I found hilarious. So it's it's the song from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And uh, I got in one little fight. My mom got scared. She said, you can't slap Chris Rock because your wife has no hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. You know, Kim, what I was thinking about, I, I don't know how many of the Oscar movies I've even seen. Like, one, two. Like, we just watch streaming shows now, right? Like, that's what we're actually talking yes. about. I think that's why nobody cares about the Oscars, because we don't care you know, about these that's movies. True. That's true. I mean, you know, just think about it. If somebody were to say to you, okay, I have this ten-hour movie. <laughs> yeah, and you can and you can watch it all at once or an hour at a time. And you be and you be like, "Excuse me, I'm not watching a ten-hour movie." But meanwhile, you're like, "Great! When does the next episode yeah. drop?" You know, it's like, "God, that'd there's be a new awesome. season of The Crown. I'm going to watch it all in one day." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of streaming, I watched 1883. Well, first of all, I tried to watch Yellowstone, mm-hmm. and I couldn't really get okay. into it. But now I watched 1883, and now I'm totally into Yellowstone. <laughs> what, are you, what are you guys streaming? I've been watching every Friday Severance, which is a show on uh, Apple+. Plus. It's really good. It's, the concept is basically people get their minds. It's called Severed. And when you go to work, you have your work personality, and you don't remember anything about your real life. And Ooh. then when you're at home in your real life, once you leave work, you don't have any of your work memories. So there's definitely some weird stuff going on in this office. Why else would they want to block people's memories? But mm-hmm. it's it's a right. pretty good thriller. It's really interesting and it's funny. Worth watching. I, think I, haven't, I haven't seen that. I've been watching uh, The Gilded Age on HBO Max, which is about life in early New York City in the 1800s. It's very similar to Downton Abbey. 
um, but it just takes place in New York City. It's very fascinating. It's well, you know, it's the same writer. Is it the same writer? Oh wow! Oh, yes, well, it's the that same writer. Then that's why. Right. <laughs> okay, there was a story. If you really like yeah. this, Matt, there's a there was a story in the New York Times. I was just fascinated by it, and it's called the Real Life Mansions from the Gilded Ooh. Age, and so where the Randalls were actually the Vanderbilts. Right. Okay. Okay. And they had like this 30,000, think about this in the late 1800s, early 1900s, a 30,000 square foot (laughs) home, okay, on the corners of like Fifth Avenue from 53rd Street to like 56th Street. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. All right. And then one of the other characters in there, they lived in what's now on Fifth Avenue and I think it's like 58th, something like that. Uh, the, the Cartier oh, building. That was their home? Okay, that was their home. <laughs> and so and so anyway, so you should read that Wall Street Journal because it, it really kind of brings it back to like, oh, yeah, this was like real stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they actually talked about um, how Central Park was, you know, actually people lived inside Central Park. Right, right. Inside communities. It's really fascinating stuff. As is crypto, cryptocurrency, because everybody is trying to figure out what the heck to do with crypto. I mean, I will show you here in this little envelope right here is my brand new yeah, yeah, debit card mm. uh, for my crypto account because I don't like to tie my bank account, my you know, with mm-hmm. my real money because I have my <laughs> crypto money. And right. this way I figure if something gets hacked, it's only a certain amount. Because you have to be really careful with cryptocurrency, right, Al? Indeed. And, you know, there are some really, really smart people in tech. People that think outside the box, they see things in ways that we don't. They see different things than you and I do, right? Sure. Um, I think Elon Musk comes to mind. Uh, These people are also often pretty out there. Yeah. Centric, to say the least. Indeed, (laughs) yes. And sometimes these really smart people use their big brains and all that intellect to hack. Yes. you're probably picturing some guy like in a hoodie trying to get into your bank account. But no, hackers are often these really, really talented developers who make it their work to find huge flaws in products. Like there's a guy who hacks something called the Poly Network. That's a crypto platform. Basically use it to switch back and forth between different cryptocurrencies. Well, he stole more than $600 million in assets. And then he said, you can have it back. Just pay me a bounty. And they actually offered him a job as their chief security advisor. Well, you know what? That makes sense. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, who? I mean, if I if if you're gonna hack me, you know, we're all the little yeah. holes and nooks and crannies. You can fill them. I mean, yes, yes, exactly. That leads me to one of the big stories in the crypto world right now. I'm not going to talk about a hack that just happened. Another six hundred million dollar hack. I think there's one that's way more interesting, even though it's less money. And I'm talking about the Casio cash token exploit. Now, I'm going to describe this in as simple of terms as possible. So. Casio is a finance app, and cash is the stablecoin. A stablecoin is basically cryptocurrency that's valued at a dollar. This isn't one that you buy and hope it goes up and up and up. It stays at that dollar mark. Got it. Well, a hacker figured out he could create as many of these cash tokens as he wanted because he found an exploit. And so he mm-hmm. made, oh, two billion of them. <laughs> and then... Oh, wait, wait. That's <laughs> yeah. You just, you just kind of said, like, I think you said two billion? I did. And he used these two billion fake tokens to steal $52 million in real cryptocurrency. Oh, man. So... The really wild stuff is what happened next. So when he did this hack, he encoded a message in the transaction. He said, I'm going to donate a bunch of this money to charity. And if you had less than $100,000 in this platform, I'm going to give it back to you. 
And that night, he really did. He started giving people back their money, but not everybody that met his criteria. Not everybody got their money back. Then all the headlines started, oh, this crypto Robin Hood, he's stealing from the rich, he's giving to the poor. But no, this guy stole from everybody. And now, get this, he's actually making people beg for their money back. He has said, you need to justify why you should get your money back and where it came from in the first place. You know what? Oof. This guy's a, he's a jerky. I was face. I was rooting it for this for a second, and then right? it turned 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 sour. No, this is not great. This is a quote from him: "Money will not be refunded to rich Americans and Europeans who don't need it." Okay, he's all right. Deciding that <laughs> exactly. So, if this guy really wanted to do good, he would have found this exploit, told Cascio, taken his bounty, and gone yes. on his way. Uh, it's clear this is not a white hat hacker. This is somebody on a self righteous power trip. Yes. I guess mm-hmm. we could say who's really excited about it. Like the hundred thousand dollar cutoff. What if I had one hundred ten thousand dollars and that was my life savings? Right. Am I just yeah? You're yeah, screwed. I'm just screwed now. Um, I actually I went into the Casio Discord. That's like the big chat app that crypto people use, and people are in there talking about like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get my money back? Right. And they're all trying to help each other make messages to this guy to convince him to stick to his word. Oh, I love this line. There was one person in there that said. The idea of Robin Hooding is just to make yourself feel better about being a piece of trash. <laughs> you are stealing from people, point blank, period. I totally agree. We will see how this plays out, but I cannot imagine a world in which everybody who had money stolen gets it back. Yeah. Man, it's a bummer. Oh, God. You know what? It's it's you know what, because we talk about it. It's like the Wild mm-hmm. West, right? I I mean there's there's no central bank. There's no real controls. And I mean, you know, I call you the crypto gal, Allie, because you know, you are involved on cryptocurrency on many, many different levels. Is this something that you ever thought about putting money into? Actually, we had a little bit of money in Casio and took it out um, a few weeks ago. Like so before we, it happened? Yes, we did oh. have money in Casio, but then we took it out. So, yeah, we could have gotten all our money stolen, and luckily we didn't, and we were lucky, but yeah, wow. it happens. Now, why did you take it out? Um, a better opportunity somewhere else to make more money with it. Yeah. Well, we always want that, but you want to be—you have to be uber careful, right, yeah. with anything. So never put any money into crypto that you wouldn't. That would make or break you. Yes. yes, I mean, like you know, that if if you lose it, it's not going to be the end of exactly. the day, right? I mean, you only want to gamble what you might lose. Basically, is the bottom line with cryptocurrency. And if you are just getting into cryptocurrency, this is a natural segue for me to uh, tell you about our book. <laughs> That's right, Cryptocurrency One Hundred and One. You can find on Amazon. It's nine dollars and ninety-five cents. It'll be the best ten bucks that you've ever spent. I assure you. So if you're just getting into cryptocurrency, you don't know what a stablecoin is, what a fiat, a hot cold wallet, you name it. Head over to Amazon and then get our book. Uh, Cryptocurrency 101. All right, stay right where you are because this is going to be really fun because we were talking about this, uh, I don't know, on a Zoom call the other day about all these different tech projects we have going on. And so we're going to talk about how we are using tech, some ways that you might want to use tech too, some downfalls. And so you don't want to miss that. And also, oh, I forgot to tell you, at the end, I have a joke. That's right. The best joke ever to make you laugh. (laughs) So you want to stay right where you are. Hey, welcome back to Tech Refresh. It's your weekly fun podcast about all things digital. Of course, want to make sure that you get the current.com side up. Get it. You're going to love it. Head over to getthecurrent.com. All right. Let's talk about our tech projects because I am a late bloomer sometimes. <laughs> and I have to admit that I tried a robotic vacuum probably about eight or nine years ago. And it was pretty lame. Mm. Okay? <laughs> but recently I have... Uh, 
I've become a little obsessed with robotic vacuums. (laughs) Uh, I gave one to Ian, who actually called me the other day and said, Mom, that's the best thing ever. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I was like, okay, but it's March. I gave you that for Christmas. (laughs) Just saying. A little late opening up the presents. Um, and I, I'm a little embarrassed to say that uh, I'm gonna. I just have to tell you. Okay, I, I started out with the Brava Jet. Okay, and it's a Roomba that goes out and it dusts the floor and it picks up dog hair, kinda. But the reason why I got it is because it actually mops the floor. Ooh. All right, so it goes in and you fill up this little tank and it goes out and it goes back and forth and mops everything and you can name the rooms and things. And then I thought, you know what, that's really great, but I really want something better. Okay. So I figure out like the best robotic vacuum. I looked at Samsung's and Effie and all these other brands that are out there. And I decided that I, if I'm going to buy one, I'm just going to buy one. Okay. So I bought the Roomba 9 Plus. Sounds expensive. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's about $900. Oh, my Whoa. goodness. Okay. Wait. And this is what I'm telling you. The Bravo Jet is $400. Oh, you okay. have thirteen hundred dollars so worth of vacuum. <laughs> worth of robot in your house. <laughs> yes, I also have a Dyson. Right. But I am like I'm like totally OCD on the vacuums. Mm-hmm. Okay, but here's how it works now. It's just amazing to me. So I can I have an Amazon Echo in the kitchen, so I can say, Alexa, tell the Roomba to vacuum the kitchen, and she says, Kimbane. I will tell the Roomba to vacuum in the kitchen. Would you like the Brava Jet to mop afterwards? <gasps> Amazing. We're and in I'm the like, future. I'm like, yes, <laughs> I would, as a matter of fact. The, so now between the two of them, I've got like, you should, I have the cleanest floors in all of Santa Barbara. I assure so you. So it was way worth it to add in the, the real good vacuum and not just the mop? Okay. Yes, because let me tell you the other thing too. The Brava Jet is that you have to like take off these pads and then you've got to put them in the washer. Right. And then with, you know, I mean, I have a golden retriever. We know what that uh-huh. means. I mean, and it's my fault because I thought when I got Abby, for some reason, I thought she would be like 40 pounds tops. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Didn't read that far down on the page. Too long, didn't read. Okay. Uh, 85 pounds, hair over mm-hmm. everywhere. So anyway, so with, with this, it's the 8 plus and also the 9 plus has this is that when the little guy goes back into his little house, charging station, you hear it it go like, okay, and that's what it sounds like. (laughs) That was perfect. Is that all the dirt inside the robotic vacuum goes into a bag. That's nice. That's really nice. Convenient. And then you just have to throw away the little bag. And then I read online people saying like, well, the bags are so expensive. They're like, I don't know, $5 for 20 or something Mm -hmm. like that. And, but if you, you could, but there's a way that you can empty it all out because I did that too. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to buy a new bag. I mean, I just bought a $950 vacuum. <laughs> I mean, why would I buy a new bag for $5.20? So, anyway, so um, yes, yeah, so I'm like totally into the robotic vacuum. Right this now. is good to know. I also have a dog that sheds quite a bit and I just vacuum constantly. Constantly. Me too. Yeah. Uh, so, it's a, yes. a weekly, if not bi weekly thing. Also, we live in Arizona, right? And so right. it's dust and dirt and. Sure. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure if this was money well spent. I'm <laughs> just telling you money. right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is. Uh, it's a little ridiculous on the scale of life, <laughs> and I'm hoping that maybe. I mean, 
I, I mean, I keep going to Kip. I mean, why can't we get like iRobot as a sponsor? <laughs> then we can all get one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. <laughs> all right, Matt. So tell us about your new tech advancements. I really like gardening. This weekend, I have a I have a raised potting bed on my patio, and I like to plant. And I was like, it's going to be spring. I want to get something in the ground before it gets too hot. And I went to Lowe's, and I was trying to figure out what plants I wanted to get that would live better in the summer or that weren't diseased in the Lowe's big area. <laughs> and so I went on my phone, and I was looking for an app, and I found this amazing app that allowed me to scan the plants before I was to purchase them to see how healthy they looked and to find out if, uh, you know, dogs were allergic to them or how they would hold up in heat. Um, so it's called Picture This, and you're able to take a picture of the plants in the store, and it will tell you everything you want to know about these plants. Oh, my gosh. It'll give you, nice. It'll say, oh, this plant has this little discoloration on its leaf. That means it probably has this disease. You don't want this one. This one's going to perform best in Arizona, in Phoenix, in this climate. This one, don't get too close to your dog. And it's amazing. <laughs> so I was able to buy a ton of plants that are all going to be, cross my fingers, live through the summer, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. That's but really cool. I've What's the name it. of it again? Pic- it's called Picture This. I just wrote that down. Picture This. I'm going to try that out. Yeah, me too. It's really, really cool. There are in-app purchases for certain things, so just be warned, but it's not completely free. But, you know, to download it is free, so. Cool. All right, Allie, tell us what you are doing in your tech life. I feel like on Tech Refresh, I always talk about my bad habits, but, you know, it's real. It is what it is. Uh, One of my worst habits, I think, is that I will write notes on any scrap of paper I can find, you know, spare pieces of mail, old scripts, whatever it is. And I have notes jotted down on, like, everything. And sometimes I get very frustrated with myself because, one, I have paper everywhere and it's a mess. And then also... I can't remember what, you know, bill I wrote something on and then I have to go find it and search for these things. It is such a pain. So I decided finally, okay, I'm going to have a digital organization tool. I'm going to stick with it this time. I'm going to do it. Okay. I've been using Notion. Um, I really like it because it's really customizable. It's similar to, you probably heard of ones like Evernote. It's similar to that, but it's a lot more customizable. You can do a ton with it. Now, I'm not going to go deep in Notion and why I really love that. My point here is if you are trying to build a new habit and use a new tool, go the extra mile and set yourself up for success. So the first week I was using this, I was just using it in my browser, signed in. Mm. And then I realized, okay, every time I close my browser, it's basically just gone, right? I'm not going to get notifications. I'm not going to see if I missed something. I'm not going to realize if I have a task overdue. And then also, let's not forget, miss 292 tabs open in our browser at every different moment. Exactly. And so sometimes I just lose it and I close all the tabs, including my organization tool, which is stupid. So I finally got it together and I downloaded the app for Notion and I put it on my desktop computer, my laptop, my iPad, and my phone. Smart. And wouldn't you know it, I use this thing so much more now because it's always there. So I get notifications. I don't have to worry about getting signed out. um, And I can access... All my stuff, no matter what device I'm on. That's super oh, cool. You know what? I'm so proud our baby's I know. growing up. <laughs> I'm proud of myself too. <laughs> I'll follow up. You know, Notion's a really cool tool. And once I figure out all the tips and tricks, I'll write something up for commando.com because it really is awesome. Well, all great tips that we've passed along. I think this has been a stellar tech refresh. So. Agreed. I think it's really good. Okay. So now before we leave, a great joke. You, you guys <laughs> yes. ready? Okay. A man was demonstrating a new type of drone to the military, and he was the project tech, and he was showing them how you could give it coordinates and an image of an objective, and then off it would go. 
And then there were a lot of options that existed for the target. It could identify it. It could pick it up. It could bring back small packages. This is a great drone. It could also go out to soldiers in the field. For some reason, his boss named the drone Riri. And they gave him multiple tests, go north and east and south. And it was just perfect each and every time. And finally, someone requested a Western target. But the drone just sat there. And the tech explained, well, you know, this is a prototype and maybe it just malfunctions. And if you give me more time, I can reprogram it. And then a general looked at him and said, sir, young man, you mean to tell me? And the project leader of the tech said, yes. Until this drone is repaired, there is no West for the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's okay. good. No, they're That's okay. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, just a reminder, make sure that you subscribe, follow the podcast, and give us a great five-star rating. And just a quick reminder, if you ever want to give us a comment or have a question for us or just want to tell us how great we are, of course, <laughs> You can send us an email over to podcasts at commando.com. Once again, that's podcasts at commando.com. And just a quick reminder, if you want to get the Kim Commando Show as a podcast, the place to get that commercial free all three hours as a podcast or as a webcast, head over to getkim.com. Once again, that's getkim.com. Allie and Matt, thanks for being here, and we'll see you again next week. Bye.